When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thursday, February 24th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, the negotiations continue this week. Uh, another set of proposals exchanged on Wednesday. Uh, not a lot of progress made. Again, it uh, seems to be a broken record this week in that regard. Uh, but Major League Baseball did come out and emphasize, sort of reiterate, that if a deal isn't reached by February 28th, that there will be games, regular season games missed uh, this season. Uh, and so the, the, the pressure now is on over the next four days to, to make sure that something gets done. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, they had, they had set this uh, deadline earlier, Joe, in the negotiations. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Commissioner Rob Manfred said, you know, probably uh, they've got to get something done by uh, March 28th to uh, – you know, save the start, the scheduled start of the regular season on, uh, you know, uh, March 31st. Uh, but now they kind of, you know, and, and people thought maybe that was a soft deadline. Maybe there was some wiggle room in there. But an MLB spokesman came out last night at the, after the negotiations broke up and said, you know, if, if we don't have a deal by then, uh, games will be missed. They won't be made up, which means – players will start missing uh, pay, you know, money off their paychecks. A guy like, you know, Jose Ramirez is, you know, if you, if you break down his salary over the 186 game season, um, 186 day season, I should say, you know, with 162 games, that's, it's about 65 grand a game for, you know, he would start losing. And Max Scherzer and the big guys, you know, making 30 and 40 million a year are going to miss a lot more than miss a lot more than that right and that's where it's going to start to impact things the the players union then responded by saying hey if uh if they're not paid their full season salaries uh you know regardless of you know when the deal gets done uh then they they reserve the right to to pull back on expanded playoffs and and other sort of uh revenue uh generating uh aspects of the the agreement there so uh, this is it, it, it could get bad all the way around for everybody. Yeah, it's a, the game of chicken that gets a little more tense. You know, the uh, players say they wouldn't approve of the extension of the playoffs. And the owners obviously make a lot of money from that, from their TV contracts. You know, that's like $100 million, you know, that goes into the owners' pockets. So they both got, uh, you know, they're both holding the hammer right now. And you just hope that, uh, you know, Somebody somewhere will will say something that causes a breakthrough in these negotiations and they get this thing settled. It doesn't seem like that complicated. I was right. reading and something where this has taken longer. This these negotiations have taken longer than it took to uh, write the, the U.S. Constitution. So uh, 
Come on. Come on. Let's let somebody. Uh, <laughs> so both parties sit down and get something done. Let's go. This is well, crazy. And 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 nobody's ever had any sort of issues or, or arguments debating what's in the U.S. Constitution. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean that's that's always been, a, a, you know, just a, no argument. Everything's in total agreement. Right. I just. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey. As long as they don't put a second amendment in the uh, in in the CBA, I think we're we're we'll be in good shape. Uh, no, I it just feels like it, to me it feels like right now the players' union wants to go right up against that deadline and maybe even pass that deadline just to show how how united they are and how much how much they mean business. And I think it's the the worst possible approach. Yeah, you know they you know it, it's the perception is they. You know, they gave away too much in the last two basic agreements. Uh, they've dug their heels in here. They've showed there's, you know, they have solidarity. Um, but at what cost, Joe? I mean, uh, you know, still you still have to make a deal at the end of the day. You still have to have, and you can't, you know, the best deals are, are when both sides walk away from the table, you know, thinking they could have got a little more, but, but you know, overall satisfied or a little dissatisfied, but... Uh, you know, I, you can't be, you know, I think both, I, I don't think one side can walk away from here, you know, the winner, the, uh, you know, the all conquering uh, winner here. You, you've got to be able to, you know, kind of sit down and find us some middle ground. And so far they've only been, they've been inching toward the middle ground. No one is, everyone has been, it seems like both sides are afraid to take a, you know, kind of a giant step and, right. and, you know, cause the breakthrough that, that they need. Right. So uh, we, we will continue to monitor and uh, continue to watch. Now, you know, teams are, are starting to send their, um, their minor leaguers to camp and, and get guys at their facilities, and, and, and they've been working out for, for a while now. Uh, that work is continuing, and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll continue to monitor as, as Cleveland's prospects. And, you know, these are guys who are, are, are nowhere near major league ready yet, but uh, there'll be guys at, at the facility who are, are working probably – you know, uh, almost a hundred of, uh, you know, Cleveland's best players, Cleveland's total players are, are out there in, in Goodyear right now still working out. Yeah. you know, they've been out there for, I'd, I'd say a couple of weeks, Joe, you know, they officially are going to open the, that camp to the media on uh, uh, Tuesday for, you know, through, through March 14th, uh, you know, uh, Terry Francona and his staff are there, but they're not really, you know, I don't think they're really working with, with the players. They're kind of just observing and, you know, kind of supporting the minor league staff. Um, but, uh, you know, I guess they're there in anticipation of this thing ending. You know, maybe it right. does end in the next uh, week or so. Um, and, uh, and, you know, it, it, it's interesting that, you know, most, but the, most of the Indians' younger, you know, you know kind of hot young prospects have already been added to the 40 man roster. So right. those guys, you know, they can't even go to this a camp like this, you know, Rocio and those guys in Valera guys that really could use the work because they're locked out essentially because they're members of the 40 man. Right. Yeah. It actually hurt them to be added to the 40 man as early as they did, but you know, I don't think too many of them will be complaining anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, wanted to uh, take a, a second here to mention uh, we saw news of this uh, on on uh, Tuesday night. 
uh, word that uh, Dwayne Kuyper's wife, Michelle, has passed away. Uh, Dwayne Kuyper, of course, uh, eight seasons as a second baseman for Cleveland uh, back in the 70s. Uh, he was a, a very popular player here in Cleveland, uh, you know, beloved by his teammates and the fans here. Uh, and, and he uh, announced, his family announced that uh, Michelle Kuyper, his wife of 36 years, uh, passed away suddenly and unexpectedly on Sunday. Uh, you know, just uh, shocking news for, for Dwayne and, and anybody who knows him. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's also dealing with uh, a, a, an illness and a, a cancer battle that he's been uh, undergoing over the last year or so. Yeah, just a great guy, uh, Joe. He's one of the first Indians players I ever interviewed. I, uh, when he was playing uh, for, the, for the tribe, I was working for the News Herald, and I went down to do a story. And this is how uh, young I was. You know that that the locker room in uh, the the locker room in, at the old uh, municipal stadium was like a shoebox. You know, it was mm -hmm. so it was it was always crowded. Players were had nowhere else to go, so they were always packed in there. And I was there, and I did I was there to uh, do a story on Kuiper, but he was sitting way in the corner. You know, talking to all these guys, and I. <laughs> I panicked. I said, I got scared. I said, ah, maybe I'll talk to him later. I left because I, I was, I was kind of intimidated by the whole setting. So, uh, you know, that's how green I was at that time, but uh, we, we eventually got together. He's just a great guy, uh, you know, longtime broadcaster for the giants. Uh, just, just really a nice guy. And our heart goes out to him, you know, and him and his family. Yeah, I, for as much as, as he's a, a beloved, uh, you know, figure and, and character here in Cleveland, I, I mean, the, the folks in San Francisco, I mean, he was, he's the voice of, uh, you know, their, their three World Series championships. Uh, you know, he works in the, the, the booth there and, and uh, just watching the, the story of him, uh, you know, disclosing his uh, illness last year and, and just sort of you know, you know my, your heart goes out to him and, and what he's going through and now to have to do it, you know, without part of his support system in, uh, in, in Michelle is, is, uh, you know, it's, it's terrible for, for, to, to see that. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, just a really tough, uh, tough news, just hot, you know, really kind of heartbreaking news for sure. All right, let's uh, get into today's um, Cleveland top 25 most memorable baseball personalities. Uh, today's a today's a pretty good one. Uh, you know, from a from a somber note there to uh, to this one's going to pick everybody up, I think, uh, because you can't talk about this guy without a big smile on your face. Uh, and, and you know, just thinking about not just what he's already accomplished, but what he can still accomplish for for the Guardians and for the team here. Uh, a what? three-time MVP finalist, uh, finished second back in 2020. Uh, this guy has been around since 2013. It's hard to believe he's he's been nine seasons with the club already uh, and just, you know, does everything. He's been a, a three-time All-Star, a three-time Silver Slugger. Uh, and and really, you know, you thought for a, for a long time that, that Francisco Lindor was – uh, the face and the backbone of the uh, the franchise there, but really all along it was this guy. Who who are we talking about today, Hoinsey? Yeah, it's got to be Jose Ramirez, Joe. Just uh, just a, a, a really fun guy to watch, a fun a jo joy to watch, and 
you know, you think back to that, that 2016 World Series team, the American League Championship team. He's probably the last man standing right now. So, yeah. uh, and he's still producing. Still, uh, you know, he's, he's 28. You that that you you raise a good point, Joe. He's he's still only 28. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and it seems like uh, he's played in Cleveland forever. Yeah, nine seasons already. Uh, he's he's the man that that Tito calls George. He uh, he refers to him as George, and we refer it's it's George Jefferson. He and, and the way that uh, George Jefferson, uh, the the character from uh, the Jeffersons TV show, used to walk around and strut. That's uh, the the strut, and that's what I want to start with with Jose Ramirez is uh, the unwavering confidence that this guy has that he projects at, at all times. And you, you think about it. I, you look at his, uh, his, his stats at five foot nine, 190 pounds. I think the five foot nine is a little generous, uh, but, but he certainly plays a lot bigger than, you know, what he's listed at. And the persona is of a six foot five, you know, 250 pound guy. Yeah, you've never you never see him lose his swagger. You never see him, uh, you know, drop his head. He, you know, he, he has confidence in himself, uh, and uh, you know that shows on the field because he can do a little bit of everything. Joe, he's he's been a Gold Glove finalist. He nobody he probably one of the best base runners in 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 all of baseball. Uh, he's got power. He hits for average, um, and uh, just uh, just a, really a good teammate. And um, he studies pitchers, uh, just, uh, you know, just an all around really, really good ball player. And uh, all of that from a guy that, you know, when he first came up, looked like a utility player, mm-hmm. he looked like a guy that, you know, he, could, he was going to play some sh- shortstop, he's a second base, uh, you know, they even stuck him in left field for, for a long time, for a while. And here, all of a sudden he turns into you know, an, an all-star th- third baseman, a guy that's, I think, started at least two of those, at least once in the all-star game, been the American League's best, you know, voted the AL uh, starting third baseman. Um, you know, and just, uh, you know, um, listen, look at his OPS, uh, mm-hmm. Joe. Uh, this starting in two, two, 2016, 825, 957, 939, 806, 993 and just this past season 893 OPS you know anything over 800 is considered you know uh, very 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 good and this guy uh, just keeps cranking it out every every year yeah he's he's definitely you know one of the the stat head darlings and 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 that that OPS number is one that uh that everybody you know sort of points to and looks at and wants to um you know sort of emphasize I look at the OPS plus which is a league average uh, stat. And, and that's, you know, based on 100. 100 is league average. And back in, what, uh, 2018, when he finished third in the MVP voting, he was at 151. And then back in 2020, when he finished runner-up in the MVP voting, his OPS plus league average is 100. He was at 167. And, and last season, 141. So he's he's generally since 2016 2017 he's been up around that one you know 145 plus uh, the 2019 there was a, a you know a bit of a struggle early and he came on late but uh, but really as Jose Ramirez has gone 
over the last, you know, four or five seasons, this offense is gone. This is, this has been, he's been the, the, the backbone, the, the, you know, the, the bellwether for what this offense has been able to do. Yeah. And, and he, <laughs> to be fair, he hasn't had a lot of protection around him at times and he's still done it. You know, uh, he's, he's turned into, I think, a uh, much more of a pull hitter than he used to be. Uh, you know, it was hard to defend him before he, he sprayed the ball around the field, but now he's found his power. And, uh, you know, he's really, you know, maybe, I don't know, I don't want to say a dead pull hitter, but he's pretty darn close to it from either side of the plate. And uh, the thing that showed me something about uh, uh, Ramirez, Joe, he, he opened the 2015 season as uh, the opening day shortstop kind of keeping the position warm for uh, Francisco Lindor and he struggled, you know, he struggled. Uh, he got out off to a slow start and was sent down and he, him and Lonnie Chisenhall were sent down at the same time. And I thought, you know, we're, there's a chance we could never see those two guys again, you know, because that's how bad they were on the, especially on the left side of the infield. Then they brought Lindor up and uh, then uh, uh, Giovanni Urshela up, you know, at, to play third and short. And, you know, that took care of the, you know, basically took care of the left side of the infield. But Ramirez went down there and hit two, to Columbus and hit 293, 13 doubles, stole 15 bases, you know, out of 19 attempts, uh, you know, just kept, you know, grinding and, and worked his way back up. And he's been here ever since. Yeah. And, and, and really has sort of carved out his place in that in in Terry Francona's you know batting order you know he's the, th the number three hitter he's your best overall hitter and he's you know they tried moving him around to, to second base to to left field you know all those sometimes by necessity but he he seems to have, have really just found that home at third base and now when you think about him you, you think of you only think about him at third base that's pretty much where you you anticipate seeing him. Uh, the thing that stands out to me uh, lately, the last couple of seasons, uh, Terry Francona likes to talk about, when he mentions Jose Ramirez, how much of a, a student and how smart and how, you know, cerebral he is. All the, all the fun stuff that we'll get into here with that, that happens with Jose, you know, wearing a medallion of him wearing a medallion and, you know, having the, the, the hair on fire and losing his helmet every time he, he runs the bases. All that stuff, you know, is window dressing for the guy who, if you're not watching, he's sitting down at the end of the dugout, every at bat, watching every pitcher, watch, taking notes in his head on everything that's going on to make himself a better hitter. And I, I think we sort of take for granted that, that he's out there doing that. It's almost like the, the same amount of work that and the meticulous work that Albert Bell used to put in, uh, you know, to study pitchers and and to study other, uh, you know, teams and, and all that. Uh, that's that's what Jose Ramirez has been doing all along. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's the mark of a, a really good ball player, uh, Joe. You know, and uh, it reminds me of Eddie Murray when he played for the Indians at the end of his career. You know, he uh, he could, you know, players would tell me he'd sit on the bench and he would be able to pr predict what pitch was coming next. He, just from watching the pitcher, you know, he, he would be, he would be able to, to pick up the pitch and, and, and know, you know, the guy's, uh, you know, pattern of pitching. And uh, I think Jose is kind of probably along the same lines, just, 
you know, a student of the game. And we kind of miss some of Jose, I think, because, you know, he, he doesn't speak English very well, you know, and uh, we, we miss that. Uh, we miss getting really diving into his personality because I think he's really, he, he has a lot of fun. He, it looks like he never has a bad day to me. No, and, and that's sort of the thing, uh, you know, everybody, everybody knows the, the thing that he has going with Andre now with the, the home run pitch. And, you know, when Andre asks him, you know, what pitch did you hit out today? He says, oh, it was a home run pitch. Uh, and there's T-shirts galore about all that. And, you know, he's got his own salsa and he's got, uh, you know, the, the fun stuff is, is always there. Uh, he's a guy who, like you said, he, he doesn't he doesn't necessarily, uh, you know, feel very comfortable speaking English to the reporters or to the people around the team uh, very much. But he understands everything that you're saying to him. Uh, he's, he's been around long enough to know. You know, if you look directly at him and, and, and speak clearly, he's going to understand what you're saying. And it's not like you're getting any secrets past him. Uh, he'll, he, I remember he walked into the clubhouse the one time and, and I had just cut my hair and he, uh, he, he slapped me on the, back, the, the top of my head. And uh, he, he said, uh, some, I, I, I believe in Spanish, it's Calvo. He called me Baldy. I, I, I mean, it, like... <laughs> But he's he's just got this like look on his face. He's like he's just having fun. He's over there playing Mario Kart in the uh, in the in the clubhouse, and there's there everybody has a story about something funny or weird or or quirky that that this guy did, and and none of it bothers him. None of it makes a, a difference to him because he just goes out when the the game is on. He's he's locked in between the lines. Yeah, he's one of those guys that uh, that you know. It doesn't, the moment can't be too big for him, you know, or never gets too big for him. I think he's, you know, he's, he comes through in the clutch. He's, you know, he's, he's just, he's 28 years old, but he's probably been in just about every position he can be in on a baseball field with the Indians. And I remember um, uh, Danny Salazar telling, telling a story about uh, Jose that when he was really young, you know, coming up in and playing in the Dominican when he was maybe, 12, 13, 14, he played in, uh, you know, this uh, amateur league, which wasn't really an amateur league, but there was, there was a league that contained a lot, you know, some former players, double A, triple A players, guys that were much older than him. And, uh, you know, Jose was, was a regular in, in that team, in those games. And, you know, the, the fans would be betting. And, you know, if you hit a home run, there was money waiting for you at home plate. And he said, you know, that's how uh, Jose really, you know, really kind of cut his teeth on the game and became such a good player. You know, he's been basically doing this since, you know, he, he, he could grab a bat and walk up to the home plate. Yeah. You, you get the sense being around him that he's a guy who's seen, seen some stuff back in his, uh, in his time. So he comes from a more like rural setting in the, in the Dominican where, you know, it, 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 it had to be hard for a guy like him to get, get noticed and, and make it to the majors. Him, him being in the position that he's in is really, uh, an amazing story. Yeah, you know, and just like a, a lot of you know Dominican players, you know, you, it, it, baseball is a way of life, and it's not only a way of life, it's not something you do for a leisure pastime. It's something you do to you know better yourself, better your family, uh, to to make your way in the world. And uh, Jose has done that. I think uh, when, you know, when uh, the one memory that will, I guess, will always stand out. I mean, 
we can go back to the the 2016 playoffs and you know everything that he's done since then uh it, 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 at the you know the the height of his his major league success uh in the 2020 end of the regular season that that series against Chicago where he hits the walk-off home run that basically puts uh Cleveland into the postseason for that uh, strike or not, not, not strike uh the pandemic shortened um season there he he basically just carried that team the last month of the year and the, the home run the walk-off home run uh against Chicago just it just sort of cemented in your head the fact that this is a a legendary Cleveland baseball player and you know even if even if things don't work out you know in the next couple of years and he doesn't stick around much longer he's still going to be a guy that fans are always going to love here and that is always going to have a place and a home here in Cleveland yeah Joe that's a great uh, great memory my my one of my favorite memories of Jose is uh at 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 uh against the White Sox on the south side in September of 2019, where he'd missed a month, you know, with the broken hamate bone, came back so too, you know, probably too soon. He had like stitches, still had stitches in his hand. And in his first at bat, after missing a month of this, hit a grand slam. And the second at bat, he had a three-run home run. And just the, the dugout like exploded, you know, and, and uh, he didn't play after that. I think he kind of, you know, that was it, but, uh, just what, you know, what, a, what a way to return, you know, just, right. you know, you break a handmade phone, you're out six to eight weeks. He was back in a month and, uh, did that. Yeah. And he, he did that. And, you know, it was at a time when there was maybe a sliver of hope that, that the team could have made the, the postseason that year. Uh, but then, you know, losing the next couple of games sort of, sort of dashed that, uh, it, it just, it shows how much, he means to that club how how important he is to that offense and how uh, how much he's he's loved in the clubhouse as well. Yeah, definitely. He you know he's he's a like a team leader. Without I don't think he's a big rah rah guy, but he's he he he's a little engine that could he make he makes that offense go. And and Joe, like you were saying before, uh, you know he he's the last couple of years he's been the subject to trade rumors. Um, you know they picked the uh, the Indians. The Cleveland picked up his option for 2022. He's got another club option for 2023. Uh, so who knows what the future will be with him? It could be short, you know. So, right. but so we 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 might as well enjoy Jose when we as, as much as we can right now, and hopefully they get back on the field so we can do that. Yeah, that's a big, that's a great point. Is that we we really should enjoy while while he's still here. Uh, and and your, your point about him being a, a leader without really saying he's a leader, uh, Terry Francona said it all. It was like he looked out there last spring training and Jose was at the front of the line for all the drills. And it's not just because he's the guy who's been here the longest, even though it's he is the guy who's been here the longest now. Uh, it's because that he's the guy showing the younger infielders. Boy, boy, what what are we missing right now without being able to look out there and see Jose Ramirez and uh, working with Brian Rocchio, you know, and, 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 and uh, Gabriel Arias and those guys, uh, what are we missing? Not being able to see him, uh, you know, working with Tyler Freeman and, and everybody there, uh, all these young guys around the 40 man roster uh, who could be benefiting from just being around Jose Ramirez and, and, and a feeling the joy that he has for baseball, 
and be learning, you know, everything that he's able to do. Yeah, that, that definitely. And uh, the sooner they can get back to that, the, so, the better the Indians will be. The clean All right. Indians. Well, the, they won't be the Indians. They'll be the Guardians, but that's okay. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll make that mistake. I, I look forward to making that mistake several times this year. Uh, Hoinsey, it's uh, another one of these wrapped up. We've got one more for the, the end of the week tomorrow and then uh, uh, the weekend and hopefully a, a labor agreement at some point in the near future. We will talk to you again uh, tomorrow on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. All right, Joe.